Welcome to the CFB Dynasty Podcast with hosts Matt Knowles and Brian McElfish. Hey everybody, how you doing out there? It's time once again for the CFBDynasty.com podcast. My name is Matt Knowles. As always, I'm here alongside the one, the only, Brian McElfresh, as well as this dude over here. Not sure how he is able to sneak into this thing, Mr. Doug Gravely. BMAC, Doug, how you guys doing out there today? Sup, sup, sup. Pretty good. I just got back from a quick trip to Ohio, and this hat, if you can see it, this Travis Matthew like golf cart hat, I had two people walk up to me at different points of my trip and say, oh, are you forklift certified? That's a cool forklift hat there. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so BMAC, you just mentioned golf. So, uh, so the last time we were on this podcast, you and Doug talked about how you had this, uh, this golf series going on and the winners of each, um, each round was going to do something when it came to one of the uh, college football games you guys are going to be going to. Why don't you guys give an update? Doug, I'm going to go to you on this. Bump BMAC on this. Doug, I'm going to go to you. Give us an update on who's in the lead and why is it BMAC? So, if you guys remember um, from the last episode here on the CFB podcast, Brian was up one to nothing, which meant I had to buy the tickets for the South Carolina and Florida game in South Carolina this coming year. Um, I'm happy to announce that Brian is now in a two to nothing lead, which means I have to not only buy the tickets, I now have to pay for the hotel and I told Brian that it looks like a Motel 6 kind of trip, but he told me that it was a Hilton minimum. So uh, at this point, guys, if you want to send some money over my way, you know, for hearing my expert college knowledge, um, I would appreciate it because right now we're sitting in nosebleeds and probably sleeping in my truck. <laughs> But um, I will tell you the highlight of my round was not the 104 that I shot, <laughs> um, which would have very much been like 107 or 108 because I was averaging three to four putts a hole. Um, but I did sink one, not this last round because I did it again. But the round I played, Brian, I did I did chip one in off the green. Um, I should have quit there because I think we were tightish around that point. And then after that, I just – decided to let Brian run away with it, even though he didn't play that good either. Yeah. I mean, long story short, we, we both sucked. It was like uh, we were both like <laughs> 10 to 12 strokes worse than normal and uh, whatever. It, it didn't basically feel great you're saying, way, Basically, but... you're saying you were trying to give Doug a chance and he still <laughs> couldn't overtake your terrible day. Let, let's just say that if one of us would have played mediocre, we would have smoked the other one. Yeah. <laughs> It's true. Not even a good round for us. If we would have yeah. played mediocre, the other one would have got smoked. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, we're going to jump over to a controversial topic right now. Uh, we talked about the excitement around getting the new college football uh, video game. Um, they backed it up from 2023 to 2024. There's been a lot of news coming out about it. Then all of a sudden, there's now this, this uh, wave of college football athletes talking about boycotting the game. Why do they want to boycott the game? Because news came out that each person is going to get out. To the layman, that sounds like, oh man, they're really getting screwed in this whole deal. 
Uh, but we're going to talk about some facts here in just a minute. BMAC, what do you think about the uh, the thought about these college football athletes wanting to boycott the game because they're not getting enough money? Honestly, I'm not a very emotional person, but this makes me feel sad. I really wish uh, I really wish they would just be able to come out with the game on time. I'm still hoping they'll figure it out. But dang, man, it's it's rough. Like whatever you get 500 bucks that's cool people are concerned about their worth and all that stuff but um hopefully they'll just be able to go live without them so if caleb williams is one that you know wants whatever a hundred thousand dollars to be in the game which obviously wouldn't happen but let's say he wants 10 10k to be in the game then just build it without him sucks for usc fans but they'll be able to create a caleb williams so what do you think about it, Doug? I mean, I've got some I've got some numbers over here to talk about in just a minute, but what is your initial reaction to uh to this? Um <laughs> it's kinda not a surprise to me. Um because we kind of live in a selfish culture. Um yeah. it could be selfish of us to want the video game and you know, not really care if these kids, you know, get rich from it or not. Uh could be you know, or it could be just, hey, remember how it was back in the day when you were just able to play video games. Um, <laughs> but at the end of the day, you've got players out there like, you know, it's and it's cool. I know he's not really a big name kid, but like a Jason Jones from Arkansas, quarter, you know, on the quarterback roster says he just can't wait to be in the video game. You know, that's a lot of people's dream is to be in a video game. So at the end of the day we live in a selfish world with a kind of a selfish culture so it doesn't really surprise me so i i think one of the things that people don't understand here is that if you've ever been in a class action lawsuit people talk about you know oh if you um you know facebook had this thing and and um you know there's millions and millions and millions of dollars set aside for it. So you can go join this class action lawsuit. Then you get your payout. It's like three bucks per person. <laughs> yeah. um, $500. Let's look at the numbers here and let's take the numbers and make them and just make them easy. If you have 133 teams in college football and 100 players per team were to get paid for being in the game, they just make it an easy number like that. And it was $500 per player. That is $6.65 million that would be set aside just to pay the athletes. So $500 per player may not seem like much, but $6.65 million is a lot of money to set aside for players. So I think that maybe the game manufacturers need to go back and say, should we be paying $500 across the board or should it be power five players get X group of five get Y or um, incoming players. Cause if this, I would assume that they're expecting to do this on a yearly basis that maybe it's by class where if you're a, you know, senior or a starter returning or something like that, you get a higher number and then you're the, you know, the backup punter on, um, on, uh, you know, Troy that you're not going to be getting the same amount as Caleb Williams. Um, so I think there might be some some room for them to kind of maneuver the numbers, but I don't think that that EA or whoever is going to be um, is out there trying to bilk the athletes. I mean, there's only so much money to go around. You can't just be like, pay me more. 
Well, if they just went up to $1,000, and you're talking over $13 million set aside just for the players. Yeah, I mean, that makes me think back to the WNBA where they want, you know, whatever, private jets and stuff, but there's no revenue to pay for it. So um, you can want what you want, but there's only so much money to go around. So I, I, I'm an eternal optimist. I think they'll figure it out. Um, but, uh, man, I thought that the first year we didn't have the video game, I was like, surely it'll it'll be out next year because there's so much revenue at stake. But uh, it hasn't been the case. You know, the good news is they're continuing on, like, going out there and getting all the you know footage all the sounds all the things that they need to make the game and then um i think the players thing will will work its way out i sure as heck hope so so on another note so doug i got a question yes or no are you a fan of fau owls basketball i'm not are you a fan of miami hurricanes college basketball i'm not are you a fan of the Florida Panthers hockey team? I am not. Are you a fan of the Miami Heat basketball team? I am not. So here's what I want to know. How in the world did you and why did you go curse every one of those teams? So <laughs> Florida as a state has seen an, an unbelievable set of underdog stories this year. You had both Miami and FAU go to the Final Four in, um, in March Madness. You had both the Florida Panthers and the Miami Heat unheard of as eight seeds go on this both of them incredible runs to both of them run out of gas every one of them did not make the finals or did not win the championship um so would you rather be the team that makes the championship and falls or would you rather not be there at all to both of you guys oh goodness i doug i know you have a biased opinion on this would you rather get there and not be able to get over that hump or would you rather just not be there at all? Watch somebody else. Um, man, I think honestly for me, and I'm going to go a little in depth on this. It depends where you are as a team. Um, getting there is great, but if you know that <clears throat> potentially your entire team is going to be gone after this season or whatever, no matter what sport you're playing in, if this was your like, Hey, we got to win now kind of season and you get there and lose. I mean, <laughs> where do you go from there? You put all your, your cards in the, on the table, get there and, and still in, in my words, you still fail. Like, where do you go? I mean, or would you rather be that team that's working its way to the top potentially? I don't know. Um, me personally, I'd rather not get there at all. Because if you're putting all your cards on the table and then say, like, let's use the Miami Heat, for example, say, and he and he's not, but say Jimmy Butler is in the last year of his contract. You know, they put all their cards on the table for a guy like that, and now he's gone. <laughs> Where do you go from there? So, I don't know. But I think you can look at it at both in, on both ends and say, hey, maybe we're just one piece away. But I think it's a little different from college to pro sports in the sense of college is always changing. Um, so I don't know. BMAC may have a better opinion about yeah, that. Yeah, what about you, BMAC? You're the winner of many college football championships, and you're also the loser of many college football championships and fantasy football championships. What is your opinion on this? Yeah, yeah, it's really hard to to lose, and it really sucks to lose, especially when you think you're going to win or, or you're, you know, playing against the underdog and you should theoretically win and you just don't 
Um, but as a competitor, I think you got you want to be there to take your shot. And um, if you lose, you lose. It's one of those things that's kind of fun about sports. It really sucks when you're the one that that lost, and you're thinking back to that one play that could have gone differently. Whether you're a fan of a football team or it's your fantasy team, I still think you know you want to get there. And then you've got those stories. You know, they might be uh, whatever, painful. You might have lost all the, the league money or whatever if your uh, league's into gambling. But uh, then you've got those stories, you know, a few months later and, and all that stuff to talk about. Oh, what if that one guy didn't fall well, or whatever? I think that stuff's fun over time. I think you look at, at what's happened in the state of Florida this year and and – Obviously, every single one of those teams would want to win the uh, win a championship. But just think about those fan bases. Even if FAU doesn't, you know, go to the championship or win it, they still want a region. And you got to go on this incredible run and follow these players that you never would have heard of before. And so, for that fan base, they got to be a part of something that they may never be a part of again. Um, same thing for Miami, um, the the Hurricanes, and you look at the Heat and the Panthers. They got to run the, for the first time in major sports history in the United States, you had two teams in the finals simultaneously in professional sports from the same Metro area that has never happened before in the United States. So, um, so it was neat being able to watch those things, watch some of the incredible wins that the heat had, uh, as a heat fan and a heat life for myself, it was great being able to see, uh, being able to see them at least get there. I mean, they ran out of gas. They played against, um, uh, Nikola Jovic, who's just incredible. I mean, yeah, it's like, you know, he goes in there and he kicks your butt and you're just kind of like, well, you can't have the golf clap. You're like, well, you know, he just did it with a smile on his face. Um, you can't, you can't hate that guy. And then watching the Panthers do some of the things they did to, to even get there. Some of the crazy wins they had, you know, yeah, of course you want to win, but I, I'm glad to see that they all were able to, uh, all were able to get there. I'd rather have those underdogs be able to at least get there than not get there at all. That's yeah. why we need a playoff in college, in college football. Boom, BMAC, rolled that back around on you. <laughs> yeah, and I can talk about Jimmy Butler from a 76ers fan standpoint and how they you know, kind of chose Ben Simmons over Butler. But let's get back to some football here. So quick yes, updates sir. from us on CFB. Um, so we've got a huge rankings expansion that is in the works. And if you log in, you'll see it. So if you're logged in um, – and you go to Draft Prep, Draft Central. That's like the hub where you can get all the rankings and um, see everything. I'll throw it up on the screen here. So, yeah, Draft Prep, Draft Central, boom. And then I've, I'm on the quarterbacks post, so you can see the quarterback rankings. And these are all updated as news comes in. You know, we're going over depth charts and correcting those, adding – pieces you know from the portal and all that stuff we've had a massive update on the depth charts and that's also under draft prep and then depth charts um but anyways these are going to be expanded um but don't be fueled or fooled like i just was like showing you the the teaser rankings which are quarter which are ranking cff those are just the teaser rankings then you click in go to draft central and boom, that's where you'll see the actual rankings. And uh, we've got quarterbacks, running backs, receivers, and tight ends, all with um, – I think quarterbacks are like 150-plus, 
maybe uh, running backs, receivers are more than 200 and, and tight ends are over 100. So these are getting expanded as we work on the depth charts. So um, you'll see a lot of movement in there. And that's what we talk about in the next podcast, which really, Doug, puts pressure on us, right, to get all this stuff knocked out within the next week, which is going to be a lot of hours. But um, it'll be uh, a weight off the shoulders to get the preseason rankings like full and in there for, for redraft rankings. And next week we'll be going over all of the changes and things that we've made, um, which there will be plenty. But um, as of right now, those are the main things for us. The main focus would be internal rankings, step charts and then Doug continues to post uh, expert Q and A's as they come in for uh, different writers and things that we've talked to, which also affect our rankings and, and we're adjusting them manually as uh, new information comes in. All right. Well, good stuff. I love seeing the, uh, the site growing and improving over time. Um, if you guys are getting ready to, uh, start doing your draft prep we're talking we're mid-june right now so in say six to seven weeks we should start seeing some drafts start happening so make sure you're getting up and logging in to cfbdynasty.com subscribing so that you can be uh getting all the up-to-date information so you can have that leg up in your uh in your fantasy league make sure you're up on the discord channel and uh that way you can be talking with uh with other people that are like-minded in other leagues and might be able to give you those little tidbits to be able to uh to uh take over your league and not come in second place and not be a Doug and not be a Miami heat and win that league. And, and Doug will tell you like our, our uh, depth charts are way better than the magazines. <laughs> like those magazines are so behind um, I, and they I just did. came out like a week or two ago. But. Yeah. It's crazy. You know, I was telling uh, Brian last week, you know, like I did a lot of research just on my own on like the tight ends, for example, in some of these magazines, guys, they they have tight ends playing for schools that the tight end has transferred from. So, yeah, yeah I think that's going to be one of the biggest issues this year. And then going forward is having the different portal windows that the portal windows aren't going to concur with, um, um, with what their print schedules are. So I think there's going to be a lot more outdated information now than there ever has been in the past. Yeah. So just keep an eye on that type of stuff. Y'all, um, if you want, honestly, really up-to-date info, I mean, CFB Dynasty is <laughs> – we're, we're updating this weekly, sometimes every couple days, um, as much as we can. So we're trying to stay as up-to-date as possible. And it's and – with like you said, with the transfer portal, it's an ever-changing thing, and that's why we try to stay on top of it. So, All right. So with that being said, the main subject of today's – podcast is our first redraft mock draft um we're gonna do a, a quick little one just to see how everybody's gonna be thinking this is a, as if this was a brand new league um we are all gonna take two different teams it's all gonna be a six team league and we're gonna have six rounds so we're gonna draft 36 players and um nobody has an, a, a, an existing roster there's no college to pro. There's no Debbie. This is just a standard. If you want to get into college fantasy football, where are you going to start? Um, BMAC, you want to um, give people the, the motivation for why you like doing these mock drafts as time goes on? Because people search for them 
And so we want to have content for them on this stuff. But also, no, the reality is getting some of those uh, practice, you know, mock drafts, doing some of your own prep, you know, reading our content, other people, Campus to Canton and others putting out these mock drafts. And I know Jared runs a bunch and um, those are all good like content to kind of see average draft positions, see where people are taking. So, you know, like you've got your eye on, you know, maybe those one or two, uh, they call them my guys, those pe- players you've got to have just, uh, you've got your eye on them. You think they're going to break out, whatever. you got to figure out where you can take them at the right value. Cause it, it is all about value. Like you want to get the best players you can, of course, but you want to get them in the right spot. Um, and that, you know, this will, this will really help that out. All right. So with that being said, I guess BMAC uh, selected an order um, prior to uh, getting online here. And so the lineup is my team is going to be drafting first. Now, Brian, are we doing this a standard draft or a snake, snake draft? Snake it up. All right. Snake draft. I've got the first pick in the, uh, the odd numbered rounds. Doug has got the second pick apropos. Um, in the um, in the odd numbered rounds, BMAC has got the third, and I've got the fourth. Doug with the fifth, BMAC with the sixth. So we're going to snake for six rounds, um, and then we're going to go from there. Um, you can draft whoever you want, but we would think you'd probably want to be drafting uh, as if you're trying to put a starting lineup together. If somebody was to go and draft uh, six quarterbacks, that's not going to be very good. So Doug, <laughs> throw that draft board away. Oh man, I I had a lot of tight ends you know, my top five or six picks, but hey, it's cool. <laughs> so, BMAC, you ready to get down and do this? You're up. You're on the clock. All right. So, I think it's pretty obvious you got to go with Caleb Williams from USC first, the top returning points getter in uh, college fantasy football coming back. You'd have to have a pretty uh, – in my mind, you'd have to have a pretty good uh, argument to not take the, the number one overall points getter – first if you have that draft in a new league you know he texted us uncle joe the famous uncle joe we haven't talked about him in a little while but Ah. he wanted to come on the show at some point this would have been a great one maybe on the next version of the mock draft after our massive rankings update um (laughs) that would be potentially hilarious so that in the third round really fun take caleb williams (laughs) (laughs) and that's after i already picked caleb williams just so you know if we if we got a nickel for every time Joe drafted somebody that either A has already been drafted or has been out of college football since 1994, Doug would be able to pay for that hotel room pretty easily. You ain't kidding, bro. You ain't kidding. My first my first year in this league, I remember that. And I was like, what is going on? And I remember Brian was like, Hey buddy, it's usually a lot more smooth than this. But it was it was fun. It was it was a fun draft, and I was like, okay. Way to get my feet wet. This is fun. So <laughs> it was great. Um, I really like the Caleb Williams pick, by the way. Um, for me to think that he would slide to me at two is a little crazy. Um, <laughs> so me being a little torn here, honestly. Um, but I think I'm going to go with uh, with Bo Nix at number two. Um, last year, the number two points getter per game um at quarterback position and i really love the weapons that he has there um so and he's a great dual threat quarterback i 
I'm going to go with Bo Nix at number two. Both of those guys are in prime positions to, like, with the talent around them, the O-line, the coaching staffs that are there to really thrive and kill it. I don't, I don't know that it's necessarily um, a must-have early in the draft. Um, I'm looking at, you're thinking about the advantage that you get. Now, those two are great picks. Um, the advantage that you get, though, that you can come with like a, a running back or a top-of-the-line receiver. So I'm going to go with my pick and take the uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. from Ohio State. Um, even though they don't have you know the quarterback necessarily locked down, um, I think he'll be easily the wide receiver number one. It doesn't matter who the quarterback is there. And uh, I like him a lot there in the the third pick all right so i've talked to the coaching staff on my uh my team number two here and uh, we're actually going to jump down the rankings just slightly and go to the number five quarterback on the list and go michael Penix jr reason being and the reason why we're jumping past there is be in, by behind some of the other people that are on the list is of this being a redraft league, I feel like with Washington having the top offense in college football last year, there's a much better likelihood of him having a consistent set of performances across the board than Austin Reed. Even though Austin Reed could have a game where he's throwing for 600 yards and seven touchdowns, you could have a game next the week after that could be a clunker, especially at the beginning of the season when they're playing better quality opponents. I think that it's going to be more difficult to get uh, a consistent performance there. And uh, you don't know who's going to be the, the three, four, five, six, seven wide receiver at, at Western Kentucky. So who knows? Yeah. So I'm going to go with uh, Michael Penix Jr. there um, as the, the anchor of uh, team two. Yeah, I'll add to that too. Like Ohio State's wide receiving core is absolutely ridiculous and loaded, but it's debatable. Who's better, Ohio State starting wide receivers versus Washington? They're the next closest one. So the the guys that Penix is throwing to in year two in that system, you know, he's not a dual threat guy, and you're typically looking at dual threat quarterbacks that'll go in the first round or, or really early. And I might look at at running back or wide receiver there as as something that I would want a little bit <clears throat> earlier in the draft, but Penix and Austin Reed as pocket passers, um, they'll be elite again. Um, they averaged whatever, just under just three points, I think less than like Bo Nix and Caleb Williams averaged last year. And right. don't take, and don't take me going to, uh, going to that pick as being, a, a, a not an apologist for Austin Reed. Cause I really like Austin Reed. Yeah. I think he's going to do a lot of good things, but with this kind of clean slate, I would go Penix first. Yeah, I think it's a good pick um, at that spot for sure. Um, I'm gonna we we talked about him a little bit. Um, well, his quarterback, and I'm trying to do these two teams a little bit differently here. Um, and I'm using you know Brian's outlook with my second team here. Um, but I'm gonna go with uh, Malachi Corley um, at Ooh. receiver. 
Uh, I think with Austin Reed staying and the connection they had last year, um, you know, with Corley averaging almost 17 and a half points a game, I know for my fantasy team, um, one of the things that, that hurt my team a little bit was consistency at receiver. And with how much um, Western Kentucky throws the ball, I think there's always going to be catches there for him. So I'm going to go Malachi Corley with my pick here. Yeah, now this would be the dream scenario in a fictional six-team league, obviously. Running back typically is going to be going early. First couple picks, I would assume. But for whatever reason, uh, a lot of quarterbacks have gone off the board here with no running backs at the end of round one. So I'm going to snake it around with (laughs) Judkins and Rocket Sanders. Um as two guys that I thought neither of them would be available here at the end of round one and the beginning of round two. So kicking it back to team two, Doug. Man, team two. Like I said, it's going to be a little bit different. Um, And I'm going to take a running back to this position, and I'm going to take Corum out of Michigan here. Um, I think that offense is going to be even better and more potent than they were last year. So I think it could be really fun. Uh, to watch, and I'm going to go Blake Corm here at, at this pick. Well, my team, too, is like, you know what? As long as I can get one of the top four running backs at this spot, then I uh, felt good about the position. So, Braylon Allen You don't want to go Wisconsin. Dak? Braylon Allen from uh, Wisconsin is going to be the going to be the pick there. Yeah. Mm, yep. Nice. I like it. I, like it. Um, I was going to go Allen. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and snag a guy that is fully rested. He had a year off and now, uh, Rasheen Ali is back Mm. at running back one. He put up so good of stats as a freshman. Like I I think he's going to come back as the guy and, uh, and dominate and he'll pick up where he left off. Not worried at all about the year off. Um, injured, of course, sort of. So um, back to Team Bo Nix. <laughs> um, so, man, I've been battling with myself on this pick ever since I took Bo Nix. Do I want to go with a stack here um, this early, or do I want to go something different? And I think, like, like you're going to see when you draft in general, um, it just really depends where the drafts go. And with so many running backs coming off the board, like in a row, I'm probably going to go running back here again. Um, And I'm going to go with a guy that, and I hate to say it being a Florida fan, and I'm going to skip some people in these rankings, but I'm going to go Trey Benson here for my running back one on this team. Um, I think with the fact that that team didn't really lose a lot of people uh, and there are so many weapons, I think the field could be opened up for everybody in that offense this year. And I think, uh, Benson's gonna see some some more really good touches this year. Well, I I agree, and I like Benson a lot as a player. He's super good. We featured him on our uh, breakout running back uh, highlight video a few weeks back. I just think Jordan Travis is gonna get his. Like they're gonna do some read options, and then when you get into the red zone, um, you know, on those read options the linebacker is going to choose who gets the touchdown so or the the end or whatever mm-hmm. whatever the read is. So um, 
anyways, um, let's see. Where are we at here? Let me click back over to the draft. We've got Caleb Williams' team on the snake. So it's going to be interesting to see who Matt goes So, with. so let, me, let me just roll back here to that Trey Benson real quick. So as the guys that are putting the rankings together, Doug, at the 11th pick in the draft, goes to the number 11 ranked running back on your list. So, Doug, if somebody was out there and they were like, why would you go to the number 11 running back with a number 11 overall pick instead of all those guys above it? How would you justify that pick to somebody, say, that messages you in the Discord chat or, or somewhere else and wants to know why you would go so far down the list? So, like we, we talked about a little bit, you know, before this started, you know, our rankings are going to change all the time um, depending on scenarios and depending on who transfers out, who transfers in. You know, there's a lot of things. And a guy could get hurt over the summer. You just never know. So rankings could change. Um, and kind of like our food choices, and BMAC will tell you this, our palate's a little bit different. So, yes, m- maybe a consensus overall at 11 right now. But there might be a guy up there that Brian has higher than I would have on my personal rankings, which will be cool because hopefully we get we can also add to the website soon. We've talked about this personal rankings where we would personally rank people because then you can see that, yes, maybe as a consensus with Brian and I talking about it, okay, this guy fits at 15 or this guy fits at eight, but maybe my rankings will be a little bit different than that based oh, off so- what we the research we've done or what we've read or you know, how we feel about certain situations. So, okay. So, so, per, so you personally got Trey Benson and your personal rankings higher than 11 is what you're saying. Yes. Correct. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. So, uh, so team one, uh, going to go with, uh, Emeka Ibuka, uh, at wide receiver, uh, with the next pick and then going to get a running back for that team. Cause there is no way that a good running back is going to be there. 12 picks later, going to get Will Shipley from, uh, Clemson. So that way you got Caleb Williams at quarterback, Emeka Agbuka at wide receiver. Will she'll be at running back for the first three picks. I think that team's looking pretty good at that point. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Uh, yeah. An elite player sure. at each position. That's legit. Um, so this one's a tough decision for me. Um, hold on, hold on. Let me let me scroll down just a little bit. Get about to about the thirtieth or fortieth person on the <laughs> list. <laughs> You're going to be picking around there, right? Uh, <laughs> no, I'm not. Um, so. I've actually got this guy a little bit of ahead of somebody that's on my personal fantasy team. And I think I'm going to go with uh, Tory Horton out of Colorado state here um, at receiver. Um, so we may get back to the guy that's on my personal fantasy team at some point. Um, we, I, we have him ranked above Tory Holton and or Horton in this, but I'm going to go Tory Holton at this pick Horton at this pick. All right, so I'm on the clock here. This team currently has a wide receiver, Marvin Harrison Jr., and running back, Rasheen Ali. Um, so I like the running backs that are available. Um, there's like four that I would love to choose from on this team, and I, I'm kind of – hopeful that they come back around to me because I'm going to go ahead and take um, what I would have as a a tier one receiver. I think there's three 
maybe four tier one wide receivers. So I'm going to take um, Rome Dunze there from uh, Washington. And I'm uh, super excited that he, he fell to that point. I was absolutely hoping you go a different direction there. <laughs> that was a that was a good pick there, buddy. Yeah, it's kind of one of those draft scenarios where you had Penix, and I thought you were gonna uh, stack him with a Dunze there in the second round, where you took Braylon Allen on this team you're about to draft with. Um, but I was gonna take Allen, um, and and uh, so. Well, I, I thought you were gonna go a different place there, and I actually was gonna go stack. Um, Penix and Adunze in that next spot if you would not yeah. have picked him. So uh, I'll have to go and take another look here. Potential trade partners in the future. Yeah, really. <laughs> All right, so Matt's team has Penix and Allen. He's on the clock. Um, let's see what he gets here. All right, I'm going to go with uh, Jacob Cowling from Arizona. What I'm nice. trying to do is uh, – It's a good pick. I'm looking at, at this this kind of uh, mock draft from the standpoint that I would rather not be making huge reaches because people out there are going to look at these kind of drafts and they're going to be basing what they're doing on uh, on the drafts we're putting together. So I'm trying to uh, to not do too far of a reach especially when you're only talking about six teams because a lot of those guys you might want are going to be coming back around. And um, I want the teams that I'm putting together to be in in correlation with the way you guys have the rankings set up over there. So Jacob Cowling is going to be the pick for me. All right. Um, so I'm torn between three guys here, and you don't have to scroll very far on the rankings for this, uh, Matt. Um, but I think on this one – I am probably probably leaning toward uh, Travion Henderson out of Ohio State. Mm. He is the other one that I actually consider drafted there since uh, Brian took a Dunze, so that's a good pick. I like Travion, man. He what a difference a year makes. Where you know people are kind of down on him. Not not that the whatever third round pick in the six team league is is negative or anything but last year he was a top three pick guaranteed but uh i like travion still a lot while other people are kind of down on him he would still be probably a, a top four maybe five running back for me but it's on to me now it's a snake o'clock for the end of round three um this team has Judkins and Rocket Sanders, um, so I'm feeling great about running back. And I like the quarterbacks that are on the board, so I'm going to kind of hold off a little bit and take um, a couple people who have potential to be number one uh, for their position. Now, there's only so many people in the right offenses, in the right system, um, where they could be uh, a number one. So I'm going to go with um, DeCorian Clark uh, taking over as the mm. top spot at UTSA for receiver for them. 
and a, a quarterback that's been around, I think, six or seven years with some great experience. Um, <laughs> you're laughing. I don't know. that. Maybe that's he's, legit. I, I don't know anymore. He's and been then, around a long time. And then I'm looking for a points advantage. There are two of these in this draft, in my opinion. So how many points per game can I get a leg up on my competitors? Give me Brock Bowers for like Good a five-point-per-game advantage over most starting tight ends. Good pick. That was actually going to be my next pick on this team, so thank you for that. He was he was definitely going to be gone this round for sure. Um, man, well, that just slapped me in the face. Um, so I think with the, with the FOMO, fear of missing out here, um, I'm going to take uh, Drake May on this team with this pick. Um, give me a good quarterback um, to go with, you know, good potential. But I'm going to I'm going to take Drake May on this team here with this pick. And for the record, uh, DeCorian Clark's quarterback officially is a seventh year senior. Yes. Solid. <laughs> Seventh year senior. Yeah, Brock Bowers was absolutely going to be gone at, at this point because I agree with you. Even though you got um, you got to wait twelve more picks to get back and get a quarterback for that second team. Um, there are so many out there, and quarterback is one of those positions that people aren't going to be running, especially in a six team six round draft, sixteen draft. Right. You're going to still be able yep. to get a bunch of solid guys out there. Yep. Yep. All right. So we're at Matt's second team. We've got Penix, Braylon Allen, Jacob Cowing. Um, so who you got here for your fourth pick on this team? Going on Nick Singleton from Penn nice. State at running back. Nice. Um, I love Singleton, obviously. Um, yes, you do. So I've got Harrison, Adunze, and Rasheen Ali on this team. And I, I think this is easily an easy value pick for me. Um, I like a lot of the running backs and receivers that are available, or a few at least in this tier. But I'm still going to go with tight end. I really think this is how it's going to play out. Before he got hurt last year, Brand mm-hmm. Keithy was the starter um, and averaged 17 fantasy points per game, right in line with where Brock Bowers ended the season. So if you're looking for a five-point-per-game advantage on everyone else as you go into the week, um, getting Keithy or Bowers is, uh, is going to do that for you features of their offense so now we're moving on to doug's team here he's got bo Nix at quarterback trey benson at running back and tory horton at wide receiver um who you got here for your fourth round pick so i'm gonna i'm gonna kind of close out my my running back picks here um and somebody that i think is going to be featured quite a bit because i don't have a lot of faith in the rest of their offense is Alabama's Jace McClellan. Um, I don't know what you're going to get out of the passing game there. We saw it kind of struggled a little bit in returns receivers last year. Um, and I just, I really like Jace 
from Alabama because I think they're going to go more old school. I agree with that assessment. I think I think they will. Um, it'd be interesting to see if he moves up in our rankings when we do this uh, overhaul over the coming week. Um, you know, kind of as we get all those players in, all that stuff, all the second, third string players and all that stuff into the rankings for the super deep leagues out there. But, uh, yeah, that's going to be interesting to see. Like McClellan a lot. He's also great out of the backfield. So if you have a quarterback that's like – less confident going down the field um he's a great option for uh for dump downs as well yeah um so i think you'll see more of that more tight end catches the normal out of uh alabama no matter who wins that job i feel like um at least early on in the year so we're on to uh snake uh back to the first uh pick of the draft first team matt's first one we've got caleb williams Ameka buka and Will Shipley so far, two picks, who you got? So the uh, first pick, I'm going to go with LaDamian Webb. Um, and LaDamian Webb, when he put up stats last year, crushed it. Yeah. Unfortunately, there was a couple of games in very unfortunate situations where he just sucked. And that doesn't mean he did. It was just the offense just wasn't producing the way it needed to. But with another year under his belt, I think he's going to be a monster. Um so hopefully he can get consistent. That's one of my big things is I would much rather have guys that are going to get me 20, 25 points a game consistently than 35 one game and five the next. Yep. So uh, LaDamian Webb is going to go there, and then I'm going to go with uh, – I don't want to say a controversial pick, but one that's probably going to be controversial if leagues don't handle it correctly – and that is Aronde Gadsden, the second, mm-hmm. who has been moved to tight end from wide receiver, fly paper hands, catches everything that goes his way. Um, if you're out there and um, you run a league, which you shouldn't be watching this if you don't have some kind of interest in college fantasy football, <laughs> make sure you've got him set as yep. a tight end only. Um, you know that uh, our leagues are very big on you draft a player, you get one position per player, none of this nonsense about dual position crap that to me is the biggest garbage thing in all of fantasy sports providing unfair um unfair advantage you draft a guy in a spot that's where he needs to be aronde gadson is now a tight end on the syracuse depth chart so you could see him getting up there uh, into that that top one or two spots probably not overtaking one but potentially getting up there as a close one a because he's got the potential to get wide receiver numbers um because his, his position on the field really isn't going to change. He's just going to be, he just has that de- designation as being a tight end now. So I'm going to take a Ronda Gads in the second as my tight end. I think that's a, that's, that's a good pick. He was, he was going to be my, my tight end pick here. Um, and like I said earlier with your drafts may change a little bit as the, as the drafts go on, your boards may start looking smaller, but, uh, I think, uh, Jatavion Sanders, uh, Round five for my for this team is is not a bad uh, not a bad get here and with Quinn Ewers having another year under the system and hopefully staying healthy this year, um, I think Sanders could uh, help Texas stretch this field out a little bit and um, I think he could potentially I think this year there's a possibility of four or five tight ends just really blowing the rest of the pack of tight ends away. And I think we're kind of hitting the nail on the head here with the tight ends we've drafted. And I think these 
these four guys could potentially blow the rest of the field of tight ends away this year. So. All right, BMAC, you've got Marvin Harrison Jr. on your first team, Rasheen Ali at running back, Roma Dunze at wide receiver, Grant Quife at tight end. Who's your next pick? I'm going with um, – so it's really a battle for me right here. I like Kavorian Barnes a lot from UTSA kind of taking over at running back, but I'm going to go with uh, like the known commodity there um, with Frank Gore Jr., and he averaged just under 20 fantasy points a game last year. Um, and I think uh, just his productivity is going to continue. And uh, while I think Barnes is going to break out, mm-hmm. um, I- I'm, I'm like, those two are neck and neck to me in the rankings. And uh, I'm going to go with, with Gore. I do find it interesting that, that BMAC has got two different uh, teams he's drafted for. And he has said, you know what? I don't need a quarterback. Bump quarterbacks, forget it. Quarterbacks are just are unimportant. Give me a kicker. <laughs> I love kickers. I think, uh, I think, like you know, BMAC has said multiple times, there's and and it is, you know, you could look at it as a stretch, you could look at it as like I've said before, how the draft goes potentially. But I think Brian and I are pretty high on a lot of quarterbacks this year, so I'd, I'd I think. And, and you could take this from me, you know, those of you that are listening and thinking about draft boards, you could potentially wait a little bit on a quarterback. There's a lot that we're really high on. It's just sometimes, like for me and say Bo Nix as an example, you know, you, you, you fall victim sometimes to fall in love with a guy and hopefully nothing happens to him. But there's a lot of there's a lot of quarterbacks and I think you can you can potentially wait on one. So Well, All right, so. I'm going to go with uh, I'm going to go with Matthew Golden at uh, another wide receiver here for my second team at the uh, next pick. He's got to replace a ton of production that's leaving uh, Houston, and that offense is just a bonkers offense. So I think he's got a chance to. And we've talked about it many, many times over the last few weeks and months. Uh, he has a chance to really be a, a big player. So you got Michael Penix Jr. at quarterback. Braylon Allen and Nick Singleton are running back. Jacob Cowing and Matthew Golden at wide receiver for that team. Oops. Um, yeah, I like that. So, um, Brian accidentally uh, deleted your pick there on accident. That's okay. <laughs> um, so, Brian and I, I think we're both uh, pretty – We and it didn't copy and paste. So, I'll just say it real fast before I put it in here. Um, my pick at this pick, I like stacking players. I'm going to go uh, Tez from North Carolina to go with Drake May at receiver. Um, I just – Tez Walker I think is going to be definitely the the number one guy, and I don't really see a whole lot of it. need for an explanation. Explain is – oh, I can't even – I don't feel the need <laughs> to explain this here. So – and for some reason, not copying. So I'll just type it in. But that's my pick here. All right. So up to BMAC with his last two picks for the second team, snaking around at the end of the fifth and beginning of the sixth. <clears throat> yep. So this team so far Judkins and Rocket. We've got Brock Bowers, got DeCorian Clark. Um, feeling great about where I'm at. So if I'm going to, to kind of close this draft out a little evenly, um, 
as if I were filling out a rust. So I would probably wait, honestly, on on quarterback, given the way things have gone so far. Like I, I wouldn't be taking a quarterback for um, a bunch of rounds, honestly, um, the way this draft has gone. But to kind of uh, let's play it out as if we were finalizing our rosters, I guess, which we don't have to, but um, hmm. This one is this one is a little bit tough, but I'll go quarterback, wide receiver here. Um, I'm gonna go a little bit sleeper, a little bit down the rankings, but this guy will be bumped up in our next set of rankings. I'm pretty sure. So Jordan Curley from SMU, like that offense is gonna be fantastic. He'll be wide receiver one, and. Uh, I'll round this out with a quarterback. So, so far off the board, we've got May, Penix, Nix, and Caleb Williams gone. Um, you know, right now, I'm, it's not worth a risk to take someone like a, a Kyle McCord, so I won't. Um, I'll roll with Austin Reed at quarterback there for uh, this team that will – wrap them up it is it is pretty interesting that the, the third ranked quarterback goes on even though it's a, only a six-team draft it's still the uh 26th pick for the third ranked quarterback to go so that's uh that would be probably one that would end up being a pretty good sleeper uh when you look back at the draft that he went in the sixth round yep yep um you talked about curly at <clears throat> smu um all I need left with this with so I got Cor, Malachi Corley, Blake Corum, Travion Henderson, Drake May, Tez Walker. I'm gonna go tight end from SMU and RJ Maryland here. I think um, Curley and Maryland. I can see them both. Well, Curley's gonna get more of the you know more of the opportunities, but I can see Maryland getting plenty for a tight end in that SMU offense. So I'm gonna go Maryland here at tight end. So since we don't have to fill these rosters out perfectly, I mean, obviously having at least starting quarterback, running back, wide receivers is good. I'm going to take the uh, the Doug special pick right here um, for my second team and uh, make sure we're throwing the ball over the yard and uh, take Squirrel White with nice. the uh, the pick there. See, I've been listening, Doug. I know how much you love your squirrels. Hey, hey <laughs> I, I approve of this message. <laughs> Sometimes he gets lost in the woods when we're playing golf and you just see him over there playing with these little acorns and he's thinking about squirrel white. You just know it in that moment. Um, all right. So to kind of round these out again, if I was drafting here, I'm not taking a quarterback, but I will just for the sake of, of the league and uh, rosters kind of getting <coughs> rounded out. There's, there's a lot there that you like um, at quarterback and there's not like a, a standout guy. Like I had with the last pick where Austin Reed was a, was clearly the pick for me. Um, so, you know, I'm thinking here, you've, you're looking at Pratt, you're looking at stone, looking at Tyler Shuck, you're looking at Frank Harris and then Chandler Morris um, love the dual threat ability out of Chandler Morris. Um, TCU is replacing a lot. Um, you know, obviously Quentin Johnston, the first round NFL pick at wide receiver is gone. Um, 
So I'm going to roll with old Matt's seventh-year quarterback and uh, give me Frank Harris, and uh, that'll be the last pick here for that team. You just want to corner the mark on players named Frank. Oh, sure. <clears throat> so uh, the, last pe- the last pick for my end of this draft and for, for this team with Bo Nix, Trey Benson, uh, Torrey Horton, Jason McClellan, Jatavian Sanders. Again, I like stacking players, and I'm going to put Bo Nix with his wide receiver one here, and I'm going to put um, <clears throat> excuse me, Troy Franklin um, as my last pick on this team. Dang, nobody's clapping. So I guess it's around to Matt's pick here. Um, last pick in the draft. This team has... Caleb Williams, uh, and then at running back, Shipley and LaDamian Webb, and then at wide receiver, Emeka Ibuka, and then tight end, Aronde Guest in the second. So it's pretty amazing when you can be a top 10 receiver and not even be the uh, the top-ranked guy on your squad. <laughs> uh, we see that with Ohio State and with Washington, uh, but I'm going to put Jalen McMillan from uh, Washington at that fill out that wide receiver spot right there. Um, so, um, yeah, I think that that team is, is pretty solid. So going to ask both of you guys the question here. So BMAC, Doug, you can't select one of the teams that you drafted. Doug, who do you think out of the other four teams that is out there is the strongest of the four? BMAC, same question to you, and then I'll answer it last. You can't pick your own team. you got to pick one of the other four that are drafted. Who do you think is the strongest and why? Um, yeah. I've got go a ahead, second tab. I was just going to say, I've got a second tab with them like in order by position if you want to check them out that way. The other question I'd like to ask is, which of the two teams that you drafted, which one would you prefer to take? But um, I'm going right. to take – I'll take a look here too. And uh, so out of the, the Doug and Matt teams, which one would I want to have the most – and uh, I think, mm, you know, it's tough. I, I really, it would be between Matt one and Doug two for me. And obviously all the teams are good, but, um, you know, Doug one worries me a little bit at running back just in terms of touchdowns. They're both elite talents and, um, but both potentially with dual threat quarterbacks that could, could steal in the red zone. Um, and on, uh, Doug two, you got may who's elite, obviously a quarterback Corum and Henderson, um, you know, both guys that are elite and yeah, while Henderson shares and Corum's, uh, shares a little bit as well. Um, I think they'll both produce really well, but what I like the most is Corley and Walker, um, while Walker, it remains to be seen if he'll produce in that offense, but the stack with Maida Walker is going to be going to be a blast. Um, so, which one would you take? Which one would you take? You had to pick one right now and run with it. And then Matt won with Webb, Shipley, Agbuka, Jalen McMillan, Gadsden, and Williams. Ugh, that's a tough one, but I'm going to go with. Uh, I'm going to go with Matt one on the edge there. That's, Boom. That's, that's what I'm talking about. Let's go. Good job, BMAC. 
<laughs> All right, so, Doug. What would so you say, I, Doug? I I mean, I can completely understand where BMAC is coming from because for me, I'm torn between Matt 1 and BMAC 2. Yeah. Um, I think Matt 1 is a solid team all around. I think, uh, you know, the the Gadsden pick, at, you know, at tight end is just going to help it even more. Um, but um, Judkins, to me, is a huge running back. Um, he's already proven he can do it. Rocket Sanders, I mean, you guys know in our personal league, he's on my team. I love the guy. Um, and and Bowers, when when you got a tight end that potentially scores five or six more points a game than any other tight end, really. I think the difference in those teams is quarterback play. Um, but I'm gonna I'm probably gonna go BMAC two for me on this because that would be my two my two options is Matt one for sure and BMAC two as far even even with the teams I drafted honestly Matt. Matt, you know, looking at the lineups, Matt one and BMAC two are my are two of my top ones on this list. I you think that Matt. I think that in a situation like this, um, especially if you're talking about starting off fresh like this in a draft, um, you want to be very careful with reaches. There might be a guy you really, really like, but is that reach going to harm you later on down the line? I think that. I personally, I think Trey Benson going as high as he did might have hurt the Doug one team uh, because you had, he probably could have gotten him a little bit lower down the line. Um, I would probably as well go with BMAC two. And the reason being on that BMAC two team, who's drafting at the end of the snake, he got the number one and number two running backs and the number one tight end who is head and shoulders above everybody else that's out there. Um, and that's going to be very difficult to overcome. It might be a little bit weaker at, at wide receiver, um, but I think that it would be difficult to um, to say that anybody else has got a running back core that could touch that BMAC2 team. Uh, he did a good job by by stacking those, so I think I'd probably go with, with the BMAC2 squad there as well. I could not go with, with Doug2 because it would make me want to puke to have to root for the Tar Heels. <laughs> Uh, at all times, no, but in all in all seriousness, in all seriousness, it's a, it's a great team there. Um, but I think BMAC two kind of slides above from there. Yeah, I it, well, I guess uh, if you had to pick one or uh, one of the two teams that you drafted, yeah, I agree with you guys. I think BMAC two is is what I would take. Um, and I I love the receiving duo there of Clark and Curly, especially coming out of those two offenses, but. Uh, who would you pick, Doug, out of year two? Um, I would probably go uh, Doug two, but honestly, for me, and like I said, my rankings are gonna be different than anybody else's um, personal rankings. It's it's a slight edge for me for Doug yeah. two and Doug one, honestly, because there, there's guys on on Doug one's you know Doug one that you you know what they're capable of. And we talk about, you know, dual threat quarterbacks. Like, we don't even know who the quarterback at Alabama is going to be. Um, <laughs> right. You know, and and from what I've read in a lot of a lot of things, um, Trey Benson at Florida State, uh, Jordan Travis potentially wants to show that he's more of a pocket passer this year. So, but I'm going to give Doug to the edge, I think, for mine. How about you, Matt? I think, 
I would I would absolutely go with Matt one over Matt two, and here's why. Obviously, Penix, Braylon Allen, Nick Singleton are returning starters that produced a ton last year. To me, the difference is uh, with Matthew Golden and Squirrel White, they're, they're guys that you are hoping they're going to come in and replace the elite talent that was there before them. You're, you're going off of hope that they're going to be the next man up. On Matt one, you've got six guys that have already produced in the mm-hmm. spot that they're in, and you're just hoping that they can build on the season that they had previously. So that's why Matt one would be the team I would pick if I had to roll with one over the other. So, so are we safe to say, and this is just the overall, how are we feeling? Do we feel like it's potentially Matt one and BMAC two as the top two teams in this draft? That's I, I, yeah, I think so. I think so. And I think it also shows how important having that, that stack at the end of a snake draft is. Um, that was, that was huge because both BMAC and I were able to, to get a player and then stack um, at the end of those rounds. And I think that that's part of the reason why they, uh, they both of those teams are able to do what they did. What do you think BMAC? Yeah, I think those two, those two right yeah. there are, are, are good. And, uh, I think it's a I think it's a consensus for me too that those two teams are probably the the top two for me, honestly. Well, good stuff. So that is the first uh, the first mock draft. I think it would be very interesting if we later on did another one and we did have twelve teams out there because Let's then you're going to see something in 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 a whole different fashion. Um, I know that if we were drafting in a in a in a um, in a dynasty league, you're not going to be drafted in snake. So it's going to be a completely different setup as far as who's going to get picked when. Mm-hmm. You're not going to see someone like BMAC2 being able to stack the number one and number two running backs at the end of a round because they're not going to be able to – There's there are no stacks. It's just straight one through 12 picks. Um, but, yeah, this is when it gets fun. This is when it gets fun. Um, seeing who's going to be out there and who's going to get drafted at what spots. Um BMAC, if you had a chance to go back and go back to the other tab where you can look at the rounds as they took place, if you could change a pick of when you picked somebody and you're like, man, maybe I took this guy a little too high and I should have taken someone else, who would your pick be? Who would you switch? Same with you, Doug. The the only thing different for me is that um, if I wasn't trying to like fill the roster to kind of close out this mock draft with a bow, I would have absolutely waited on quarterback, um, you know, in a six team league where the other teams have quarterbacks, you know, you have no urgency at that point until a team start thinking about their second quarterback, um, unless it was a two quarterback league. So that's, that's the only thing that I would have changed is uh, waiting till round nine or 10 or so to start thinking about taking a quarterback. I think I probably would have reconsidered the potential for Matt two of uh, taking Quinshawn Judkins at the first pick instead of Penix. Yeah. Um, doesn't mean doesn't mean that I would not that I don't like having that Penix pick there, but um, potentially if I if I had the crystal ball and knew that you were going to take the one two at that uh, at that snake, I might have tried to get one of those running backs at that spot. But having Braylon Allen and Nick Singleton on that team, I think was a pretty. Uh, pretty good door prize what about you doug uh who would you uh who would you potentially make a dip make different now that you see how the draft kind of played out 
I don't know if I would change much. The only wish that I would have um, is <laughs> um, a player like Rocket Sanders would have fallen to me at like Doug one in the second round. But, you know, but as far as the drafting goes, I'm pretty confident. Like I said, you know, based off the research I've done that, you know, the I think all, you know, six of these teams are pretty solid. So. They better be when you've only got a six-team league. If you don't have solid, solid teams at the very top, then you've uh, you've screwed up somewhere. Mm-hmm. All right, so that's it for our first mock draft of the year. We'd love to hear what you guys think. Who do you think was drafted too high? Who do you think was drafted too low? Who do you think shouldn't have even been drafted at all? Let us know in the Discord. Uh, let us know on YouTube. Let us know anywhere that you can. We want your opinions. We want to know what your thoughts are. Um, so our next shows coming up are going to be the post spring rankings updates, uh, and then, um, types of college fantasy football introductions. Uh, so if you're somebody out there that's wanting to get into college fantasy football and you don't know where to start, um, that's going to be the kind of show that you want to take a look at because we're going to help you to really, truly understand the differences in, uh, in what's out there. So, uh, B Mac Doug, you guys have any, uh, any, final words when is the next round in your uh in your doug is going to pay for everything at the south carolina game stop on your golf tour (laughs) oh man we haven't even talked about the next round yet to be honest but uh it's got to happen sooner rather than later at this point so we can start planning so yeah yep sounds good uh it's my turn to pick the course so i'm gonna try and pick somewhere nice or maybe we'll pick somewhere we've never played before and so would either of you guys ever do that like a mini golf course or does it have to be a full golf <laughs> oh, course it's gotta be, be funny gotta be a full golf course <laughs> maybe we'll close it with a mini round for something stupid and small who knows yeah we'll see a bonus round <laughs> all right for uh maybe for that's B-Bag. a good way matt maybe that's a good yeah. way maybe if i come back and we end up tying two to two we do a little mini round tiebreaker that's the way to do it all right guys that's our show for today on behalf of doug gravely and Mac, my name is matt Knowles. we hope that you guys enjoyed this show we'll help you be back next time this is the cfb dynasty.com podcast see ya see ya